everyone. Grace and peace to you. I'm Pastor Tammy and this is the Journey Podcast, a weekly reflection on scripture that gives us a chance to breathe and recenter our focus on the path of life following Jesus. Over the next few weeks until Advent, we explore what it means to walk with Jesus on the journey of grace based on the book called Way, Truth, Life, Discipleship as a Journey of Grace. Welcome back to the Journey Podcast. This is episode seven, and I'm thankful you're here. You know, I feel like I left you in a lurch last week, asking questions but not talking about possible answers. It is true, the moment we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives, a gift straight from God, that moment we are cleansed and possibilities open for us. I asked, what is stopping you on the journey of growing into being fully who God created you to be. I asked, are you willing to hand over the writing of your life story to God and let him lead and guide as Jesus, your savior, becomes Lord of your life? I said, as much as we need his seeking grace to pursue us and his saving grace to free us here, this grace is the grace where the real work is. This grace where we come face to face with our weaknesses, with the size of our purpose and the deficit of our capacity. We have to know that the Holy Spirit partners with us in this work. We don't just drift breezily towards the kingdom of God for the rest of our lives, no matter how lovely that might sound. The Holy Spirit makes us able and capable to do the work of being sanctified every day as we walk hand in hand with God on this journey. When we experience the Holy Spirit's presence, when we can really feel God with us, it's a powerful and memorable moment, but we all know that it's not about that feeling. And I've wondered, I've wondered for a long time as I've tried to grow and I get stuck, knowing the Holy Spirit is with me, but I still get stuck. I have the tools. Yet I feel like I'm failing in my own walk at times and in leading others to grow too. I've seen people walk away because they're stuck and don't know why. And I wonder what does it take to change one's character into a person who is like Christ? Into a person who loves God with all their heart, mind, soul, and spirit. A person who truly loves their neighbor and truly wants to see others learn of Jesus' love for them too. I want to be transparent so we can understand that this is work. There's no sugarcoating it that at some point, even as we see how he seeks and saves and sanctifies us, we must embrace the walk with God, not through determination or willpower, not even through knowledge, but step by step. This walk with God, we must understand that walking with God doesn't come naturally. Our first nature is to walk away from God. So what do we do? It's easy to say, I want to grow. And we can always manage a change superficially for a while. But from my life experience, it's only in a crisis 
in adversity, with the hard stuff, where our true character is revealed and we realize we're not who we thought we were. It doesn't mean our decision to follow Jesus didn't stick. We can rest assured that God's got us. So what do we do to build new habits where the character of Christ is seen in us, even when the hard times come? That's what we see in the scripture I want to read today. It's from Acts 2 and picks up where our reading last week left off. The Holy Spirit came in a powerful way to the people waiting in the upper room. They felt that God energy in them, and by the end of the day, 3,000 more people had come to understand that Jesus loves them and he saves them. I can't imagine how pumped up they must have been knowing God worked through them that way. And here's what happened next. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Hear the word of the Lord. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That sounds pretty wonderful, doesn't it? Pretty inviting? It seems like the ideal, and it is. Many see their community connection as a miracle, considering all that they'd been through. One thing I discovered while studying this passage is the deeper meaning behind the word devoted. We misunderstand it in Western culture when we hear that word and think of love and caring, and it does mean that, but it's deeper than that. It means fervent, steadfast, enduring, taking it even further to give constant attention to. This new life following Jesus, meeting together, praying, being taught by the leaders took time. It took time for them to get into new habits of life. The meeting together daily was a new practice for them. And for many, especially the women, So was all the new teachings, as in many synagogues, women didn't sit under a teacher. This wasn't only a heart change. That is huge that hearts were cleansed, but it is also a life change. They weren't going to just glide peacefully towards the kingdom of God. They had to set their minds to this new thing and practice it. They practiced praying together. They got into a new habit of fellowship and teaching Their lives took on a new schedule as they made mealtimes together a priority. Was it easy? Well, if you read the letters to the churches throughout the New Testament, you can see how hard it was for many of them to live out this new way together. But they didn't do it on their own. They had each other and they experienced God together. The Holy Spirit partnered with them as they met together, were vulnerable together practiced faith together, learned together, and witnessed and served together. They served together with each other and with God. You see, grace requires 
practice. With our children, we know that practicing brushing our teeth twice a day, throwing our socks in the laundry basket, and turning out a light leads to healthy habits. That is how we make new paths in our lives that lead to grow spiritually too. But remember again, we're not alone in this. God partners with us and walks with us hand in hand as new habits and practices start to reshape our lives. But one thing I must make clear, it is not about behaving our way to holiness. It is not about thinking or even feeling our way to growing in grace. All these ways are good, but it's not about reducing us to one thing and one person trying to get to holiness. We nurture our faith personally, but also in community in a way that shapes our whole lives in a way that is holistic. And this nurture, it isn't always pleasant. I'm going to say that nasty word, discipline. Just like it takes discipline to get to work on time or keep our bodies healthy or finish a school project, it takes discipline to grow spiritually. The writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 says, Discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. To grow in grace, we will all have to take a good hard look at our lives to see where God is telling us he sees the need for growth. And to grow in grace, we will have to find new habits that will help us to change those things as God desires the change for us. I said it last week, but it's worth repeating. God loves us just the way we are, but he always loves us enough not to let us stay there. Discipline can, if we let God partner with us, be a means of grace for us to work through the inventory of what God reveals as we check up on how we are growing in him. John Wesley, one of our forefathers in being a holy people, understood how important what we've come to call the means of grace are to stay the path of this journey with God. Let's look at some of the means of grace that can help us grow, not on our own, but again, in partnership with our Father God, who loves us so much he doesn't want to leave us behind. He wants to show us who we are and who we are to be for however long it takes and it will take a lifetime. So what are these means of grace? We see them in the life of Jesus. He did three things as habits. He read the word of God. He went away to a quiet and solitary place to pray. And he passed on to others what he knew and what he had discovered. These were the habits that formed the foundation of his life on earth. For John Wesley, the means of grace were spiritual discipline formed and practiced in community. He believed that these practices channeled God's grace directly to those who practiced them. I love that thought. I'd never thought of it that way, that in the discipline, that is how grace comes to us, just in the practice. He focused on two things what we can do to make our personal relationship with Christ grow, and what we can do to be witnesses to those around us. And both of these things are practiced personally, but also within community. 
I love how those two things also align with the two greatest commandments that Jesus taught us, to love God and love your neighbors. A big part of nurturing our faith for Jesus and for John Wesley included accountability. Jesus had his three closest disciples who were often a part of his time away from the crowds. Wesley formed bands where those practicing their faith met regularly, not for learning, but to ask each other questions like, how are you really doing? And how goes it with your soul? All these things and so many more are a part of the practice that comes after the moment of belief and cleansing, and they last for a lifetime. I've enjoyed getting creative with spiritual practices, as I have found some of the traditional ways just don't seem to work for me. And I encourage you to do the same. For Bible reading, I enjoy taking a passage a week and really focusing on it, seeking out what it says by writing it out and then thinking it over and then looking it up in a study Bible or commentary to see some of what might be the deeper meaning I am supposed to hear. I have never been good at keeping up a read-through-the-Bible practice, though I admire those who do. This year, I committed to listen through the Bible using the YouVersion app. I chose the message translation to listen to, and wow, there's some interesting stuff in the Bible that I've never heard before. Another habit to develop might be Lectio Divina, where you pick a passage and read through it, think on it, and then read again, picking a phrase to think or meditate on, and then read it again, picking a word to think and meditate on. Doing this daily or even weekly begins a habit of being in his word and letting it speak to you. Another area of struggle for me has been the habit of prayer. So you know what I did? As a mom, since I must do the dishes anyway, I committed to praying as long as I was washing dishes or cleaning out the dishwasher. Some much-loved and admired people in my life spend time on their knees in focused prayer daily, and I hope someday I will be called to that. Maybe I'll grow my way into that with a change in season of life, but for now, God is speaking and He's listening even when my hands are in dishwater, and I'm okay with that. I also enjoy breath prayers throughout the day where I take a few minutes to say a request as I breathe in and say a praise as I breathe out and do that several times in a row to know that God is listening and hearing my praise. The sacraments of baptism and communion are also practices that are very important on the journey of grace. Baptism may be an event, but it is saying, I have received grace I am being healed. I am a disciple of Jesus. And in that, and the remembering of that, there is a solid moment to grab onto during times of adversity or malaise. Communion, or the Eucharist, is taken in community and reminds us of our salvation through his broken body and spilled blood, and that we should be thankful for that. Did you know the word Eucharist means giving thanks? One of the most tangible ways to recall what Jesus has done for you to help you endure is by having a practice of gratitude. For me, this has been a profound way to keep me going, to persevere when it seems like the journey has been tough. As in any other practice, it is good to do personally, but also in community. 
Maybe start your day writing down three things for which you are thankful for. And sharing our thanks to God alongside our requests is a powerful way to hold each other accountable. I can think of some other important practices you might consider that will open you up to growing in grace. What about rest? Are you taking a moment to breathe at some point in your day? Or if you're tired right now, it seems like there are a lot of us who are. What about a nap in the time you think you're supposed to be doing something else? What about movement, going out and walking and enjoying all that God has created as you venture around the block or down the driveway? What ways are you serving? How can you bring someone else along to support you and grow in grace through the practice of volunteering or burden-bearing? Is God asking you to consider how you might nurture a part of your body, soul, or mind? My practice of adding one thing that will bring me forward one week and subtracting something that holds me back the next might be a good way to start. My challenge to you this week is to start with one thing. And that thing is to make room for 15 minutes to take a spiritual inventory and recognize what God has brought you through and how far you've come. And then choose one way you want to surrender to God as a habit you want to build or practice you can nurture. Maybe we're not stuck after all. Maybe we were just trying too hard on our own, not remember that God's sustaining grace is in us and available in so many ways. Let's pray together. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. This has been the Journey Podcast, a ministry of Statler Community Church and the Hoping Place online community. I'm Tammy Herbert. We'd love it if you hit subscribe so the Journey Podcast shows up in your Spotify or Apple podcast feeds. If you want to be in touch for any reason, check the show notes for emails and social media connections for the pastors and gathering times for each of these faith communities. We thank you for listening and hope you will join us next week for more of the Journey. God bless.